reading the Psalms to praise God with stringed instruments. So thank you, Gretchen, for that. So I know we're, we're in January, the first of the year has, has passed, but uh, I want to give you a Christmas story. I, I got to do it. I got to do it. It fits in here. And you know, I'm not sure it's like this anymore, but uh, let me tell you about myself when I was younger, when I was, when I was a kid. And uh, in, in the weeks that were leading up to Christmas, I would make a list of things I wanted and I'd make sure that my, my parents got this list. I'd make sure that my grandparents got this list. You know, we didn't have the Internet, but we had these catalogs, you know. I'd sit down and, you know, figure out exactly what people should give me. I, you know, I'd make make enough copies. You know, I'd make them by hand and everything. But, uh, you know, I just, I just thought it was very important that my needs be made known. And uh, one year, I remember we were going to go to my uh, Grandma Whitey's house Christmas Eve. And uh, it was always nice going to Grandma Whitey's house. Her, her food was really good, and the, the gifts were generally pretty good, too. So, you know, I went there very uh, eager and anticipatory and, you know, went into Grandma's living room, and there's the tree with these these gifts underneath, and I... You know, looked around, and there's there's this one that's you know fairly large. You know, I had my name on it. <laughs> there's another one that's a little smaller, and but anyway, you know, we had to eat first. We had to have dinner. You know, so that, that just kind of makes the anticipation grow. It was finally time to uh, unwrap the, the Christmas gifts, and you know, the, I had the you know the pictures of my list dancing in my head. As I sat down and, you know, I wanted, I didn't care much about the little gift. I wanted, I wanted to open up that big one. You know, I knew it was some, I forget what I had wanted, but I opened it up, you know, I tore that shiny paper, took the ribbon off and all that and opened up the box. And there was an Afghan that my grandmother had knitted for me. What am I going to do with an Afghan? We lived in Phoenix, Arizona. You know, it doesn't even get cold there, you know. But, you know, I was a horrible kid. I really was. I was, I was a horrid little kid. And I did not appreciate that. And, uh, you know, as, as I'm older and reflect back on this, this kind of thing, you know, I realized that I was selfish. And that, you know, as, as we went to Grandma's house, I wasn't honoring her and... and you know, enjoying that relationship that I should have with my grandmother. She's no longer with us, and I actually even feel bad telling this story. But, um, you know, sometimes I think that as as Christians, as, as believers, maybe we do this. Maybe we do this. We We make a list of things that we want our Heavenly Father to to give us. And that's why we go to him in prayer for what he can do for us. Now, just as my grandmother enjoyed giving gifts, she, she really did. I mean, that was, that was a big deal for her. God enjoys giving his children blessings. You know, he, he, he loves his kids. You know, he, uh, in, in Ephesians, Paul calls us his beloved children. 
But, you know, is, is it possible that we get our, our priorities uh, mixed up sometimes and maybe we do, we do things backwards? You know, is it, is it possible that uh, we just approach God with, with our list, with what we want him to, to give to us, the, what we want him to, to do for us? You know, we need to ask, as, as we mentioned last time, we need, to, we need to approach our Lord and say, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And a great starting point, again, this is part two of our series, When You Pray, on the Lord's Prayer. We're going to look at uh, this starting point in the prayer that Jesus gave us. You know, this is a, uh, it's a model prayer. It's a, it's a pattern prayer that he gives us. Jesus said, when you pray, Pray like this. Pray in this manner. And uh, N.T. Wright points out that sometimes people, quite often, in fact, people pray this backwards. Let me read what he says. He says, you know, we, we pray when we're in a bind. We pray when we want something. And we see the powers of evil are with us uh, when we look at our world and maybe we start to see that we want God to have his way in the world, that we want King Jesus to reign. And eventually we might be drawn towards worshiping God and acknowledging his fatherhood. But he says, it's important for us to look at this pattern that Jesus lays out here, first coming to our Father in heaven giving him the glory and the praise that uh, he is due before moving on uh, to the needs of the world and, and to our own needs. So let's, let's begin by uh, my reading this prayer. I'd like to uh, read it from the uh, New King James Version, starting with uh, verse 9, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And could I have us all stand up as, as we read God's word this morning? Matthew 6, 9 through 13. In this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our, our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You can be seated now. Now this prayer, really, if we, if we look at it, it's in two major parts. We, could, we can actually break it down into uh, more detailed parts, but you know, from, a, from kind of a bird's eye view, we can look at this pattern prayer, this model prayer that Jesus gave us and see that there's two parts. The first part is Godward. It's, it's directing our focus to God, our, our Heavenly Father. And what our response should should be to him. The second part is more uh, human word, man word, person word, our us word. You know, what are our needs? How do we relate to to other people? And uh, we can we can boil it down to a fairly simple statement in two parts. He is worthy, and we are needy. He is worthy, we are needy. And we're going to be looking at the he is worthy part of the Lord's Prayer today. 
to see that our, our prayers should start out with an emphasis on God, directed and focused towards our Lord. And we'll, we'll uh, look at this emphasis on God in, in three areas. First, relationship. Second, uh, worship. And then lordship. Okay, so let's start out with relationship. And we touched on this last week, a relationship with our, our Lord, our Father in heaven. Uh, you know, we, we come to our Lord as children, to our, our Father who, who loves us, cares for us, you know. And this, this idea of the fatherhood of God is, is uh, pictured very beautifully in the, in the book of Revelation, in uh, Revelation 21. Chapter 21, verses 5 through 7. It says, And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he says, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. Our father in, in, in heaven. Uh, you know, it's like we, we come into the temple and we, we see his, his holiness, you know, based on what Jesus has, has done for us. In Jesus' name, we can come to the father. We can, we can approach him. Our father in heaven. And we need to keep our we need to keep our perspective uh, heavenward. You know, on, the Bible says that we need to focus and keep our mind on things above rather than on things below. You know, we lose focus when we, when we don't do that. We lose focus and we, and we think that we can make changes. We can change this world by our own means, by our own power and by our own cleverness. But we can't. Not while we look at ourselves. We need to look heavenward. Our Father who's, who's in heaven. You know, we need him. We need his love. We need his presence in our lives daily, every moment of the day. And so Jesus gives us this prayer about God's presence with us. You know, and, and as the church now, he's, he's present with us uh, through his Holy Spirit, his, his very presence with us. Next, he moves on to worship, worship. He says, hallowed be thy name. Now, this is a word we don't really use very often, right? Hallowed, what, is, what does that mean, hallowed? Yeah, it has to do with, with holiness. Make your name holy. You know, God, there, there is no one like him. There is no one like God. He's holy. He's perfect in, in every way. You know, the focus is still on God in, in this prayer. It's, it's on him. It's on not our needs, not our list, but on him. Our needs will come later, but the emphasis now is on worship. Our prayers should begin not with what God gives us, but what we should give to God, which is worship and praise and, and honor. So this is how we should pray, Jesus says, to our Father. You know, may, may your name be honored. May your name 
be honored in, in us, in our lives. You know, the idea that God put his name and his presence in the midst of his people is, is an amazing thing. As, as we read through the Bible and we see this, you know, from, from the Garden of Eden, right? God walking with, with Adam and Eve, his presence right there with them. As we, as we look at the, the biblical narrative, you know, God dwelling with his people, meeting with his people in the tabernacle, meeting with his people in, in the temple, Now in, in the church, not, not this building, but in us, the church, God's presence in us. His, his name is praiseworthy, and he's in our midst. God's, God's desire is, is to dwell with his, his people. And, you know, when the, uh, when the pe- people of Israel prayed in, in the temple, you know, the... the glory of God would would come down you know we're we're praying to that same God who was their creator who was our creator he had he had given them freedom from captivity just like he gives us freedom from captivity you know he's a God of prominent a promise a God of covenant he's a God who keeps his promises in, in Psalm 70, verse 4, David says this to God. He says, may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say every, evermore, God is great. You know, we, we see that throughout the, the Bible and especially in the book of Psalms. It's just as worship and praise and adoration for, for the Lord. You know, worship, worship should bring joy and, and gladness to our hearts. Because we have God's presence with us. You know, our, our worship is from hearts of, of love and, and adoration to this God who is there, who, who helps us and delivers us, helps us to draw near to him. Andrew Murray wrote, The glory of the Father must be the aim and the end and the very soul, of, the very soul and life of our prayer. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. You know, why, why do we hallow a name? Let's, let's get back to this, this word hallow. Yeah, it's because the, uh, you know, in the Bible, a person's name says something about that person. It signifies that person and, and their, their character. You know, our desire is that uh, God would be sanctified which is another word that comes from that, that same root word, holiness, sanctification, hallowed. You know, we're, we're to set him apart, set his, his name apart as, as holy. You know, set apart as, as holy among us, uh, among all people, among all nations, among all things in, in our hearts and our minds. Our, our actions, you know, our, our desire is that our Lord God would be treated with the highest honor. That's what we're saying when we pray, hallowed be your name. The, uh, this is something we may not quote from often, but the Westminster Shorter Catechism states this, and I think many, many of us have heard this, is that a man's chief end 
is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And so when we look at this model prayer, this pattern prayer, we see God first, then us. He's worthy. We're needy. Uh, Why is this important? Daniel Henderson says our prayer lists can easily become so saturated with our desires for ease, comfort, convenience, and accomplishment that the goal of God's glory becomes obscured. Our, Our human tendency to avoid pain, loss, difficulty can dilute our passion for God's glory. When our goals and God's glory are in conflict, it's it's hard for our hearts to choose. So, you know, you, you might ask, okay, so our, our prayer needs to be Godward. Our our prayer needs to be worship based. How do we do that? How do we practically do that? And and there there are some things we can do that, to help us. You remember the uh, disciples approached Jesus and said, "Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray." And God has given us a textbook for, for prayer. And that, that's the book of Psalms. I, I find it real useful when I pray to have an open Bible in front of me. I seldom pray without an open Bible in front of me. Uh, let's, let's look at the Psalms. This is, this is the book that the Holy Spirit gave us. He inspired this to teach us to pray. One, one author says that the uh, the book of Psalms is is our prayer gymnasium. It's how we it's how we learn to to pray. Let's let's look at an example for Psalm 121. I don't have a slide for this, but if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 121. I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version. Psalm 121, starting in verse one. I I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going in and your coming out from this time forth and forevermore. You know, this this psalm tells us several things about God. If we're to look at it and and really focus on what what it's saying, it's telling us many, many things about God. It's giving us many praiseworthy attributes of God. You know, it it gives us... uh, Let's just look at the first four verses, for instance. We're, we're told that God's our helper. God's our helper. We're told that God made the heavens and the earth. It, it says that God won't let our, our foot be moved. He, he's going to keep us grounded, and he's going to keep us from stumbling. It tells us that, that God doesn't slumber. He, he doesn't sleep. He's always there for us. He's always attentive to us. You see anything in this psalm that tells us how we can praise God? Do we see any praiseworthy attributes? I think we, I think we do see many of them. You know, there's several things that we can look at in this psalm and worship and praise God. 
You know, a, a prayer of worship could, could be as simple as, uh, I, I praise you, God, because you are, and fill in the blank from, from what you read in this psalm. For instance, uh, I praise you, God, because you're my helper. I praise you, God, because uh, you were my helper when I needed help mending a relationship. You see what I'm saying? We can go through here and just use this as a as a guide for for praising God, for worshiping Him. Uh, so I hope we get the idea. I hope that we can all use this in our in our journey and in, in learning how to pray. Uh, you know, we we pray first. In this prayer from Jesus, our, our Father in heaven, we we pray to a Father who loves us, a, a Father who wants to be in, in relationship with us, then it, it moves to worship, hallowed be your name. We pray that God's name would be made holy in, in all things, every aspect of our life. We, life. we worship him because he's worthy. He alone is worthy of our, our praise. Finally, let's look at lordship. Your kingdom come, your will be done on, on earth as it is in heaven. There's this little booklet, uh, a lot of you have probably seen it. It's, it's been around for a lot of years, and I, I think it, it looks different now. It used to be kind of a yellow booklet. It was put out by Campus Crusade for Christ, who is now crew. But the, the booklet was called the, uh, the Four Spiritual Laws. Hey, nod, nods, head nods, you've seen that. But do you, do you remember there's a, there's a picture, a couple pictures in this, this book that illustrate our proper relationship with, with God. Uh, in, in one picture, self is seen occupying the throne, sitting on the throne of our heart. This this symbols this symbolizes that uh, you know our life is out of whack. We've got our our priorities wrong. You know we we've pushed we've pushed away God and and you know we're doing things our own way. God has a way for us to go, and we're going our own way instead. You know our self is on the throne of our heart. But then there's this other this other picture which shows a cross on the throne. What does that signify? It, it, it signifies that, that Jesus Christ is on the throne of our heart. You know, that uh, King Jesus reigns in our, in our lives. You know, things restored, sins forgiven, you know, that life the way it should be, life the way God created us for. Uh, so in, in this pattern prayer, your kingdom come, that says... This is our desire. We desire our Lord to reign in our lives. That, that needs to be our desire, that, that God's kingdom comes established in our, our lives, our, our church, our community, our, our nation, our world, you know, King Jesus reigning. Uh, you know, and this is, this is something we can have presently in part. We've, we've yet to see its, its fullness. I've heard people say this is one of those things in the scripture where it's it's already but not yet, you know. The Lord gives us a, a glimpse. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, this is an acknowledgement of, of his kingship. 
of his lordship. We need to acknowledge God's lordship in our lives. You know, it's, it, Jesus is saying here that it should be our desire. We should, we should yearn and long for Jesus to, to rule in our lives. We need to lay our will aside and desire God to, to have his will, his will, that God's will would prevail. You know, we can, we can see here that one of the reasons, one of the purposes for prayer or perhaps a, a side effect of prayer is that it helps to align our will with, with God's will. You know, in saying, your kingdom come, your will be done, it's kind of the opposite of our natural tendency, isn't it? What's, you know, what, what do I really want? I want my kingdom to come. I want my will to be done. But Jesus is saying here, when we, when we approach our Lord, we, we need to say, no, that's wrong. That's my way. I want to go the Lord's way. His kingdom come, his will. C.S. Lewis said, there, there are two types of people in the world. You heard this one? Those who, those who say to God, thy will be done. And there's those who God says to them, thy will be done. You know, if we, if we place our wants and our desires above what God's wants and desires are, we've, we've put ourselves on that throne. Our, our lives are out of whack. Our prayers are out of whack. Uh, James talks about this in, in uh, James 4, 2 through 3. He says, you desire and you do not have, so you murder, you coven, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You know, we need to we need to pray that Jesus is the Lord of our lives, that His will would be done. You know, Lord of our our time, Lord of our uh, money resources, Lord of our families, Lord of our jobs, Lord of our possessions, Lord of time. Yeah, fill in the blank. You know, any anything that we have that we say is ours. We need to give that over to him. Your kingdom come, your will be done in every aspect, every area, every dimension of my life. Um, I'm reminded of of that song that I've heard all my life. I'll I'll hail the power of Jesus' name. You know that one? I'll hail the power of Jesus' name. Let, Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Your kingdom come, your will be done on, on earth as it is in heaven. So let's let's let this prayer be our desire that, that Jesus would be Lord and King. That our wills would be in alignment with his, that our his desires would be our desires. You know, though though God is is the king of the universe, uh, you know, his his authority has has been usurped by uh, forces of darkness, by by people. Um, you know, we 
We need to pray that these things, these, these idols, these other forces will be driven back. Uh, you know, for, for the success of Jesus' kingdom ministry uh, through his death and resurrection, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the world, you know, we, we need to desire that, that God would return things to the way he desires them. His will be done. So let's let's yearn for this. Let's um, let's put our eyes, our, our priorities, our, our prayers on His will. Let's let's pray. Pray with me. Um, our Father, we we continue to ask us to ask you to teach us to pray. In, in the name of Jesus, uh, by your Holy Spirit, we, we come to you, Lord. Uh, you know, we, we thank you that we can approach you as, as beloved children. We thank you that you are our Father who, who loves us. We can call you our Father. We, we honor your name, Lord. Uh, you, you are holy. There, there is none like you. Uh, let your kingdom come, Lord. Uh, have, have your way in, in every in every way, in our lives, in our families, in our community, Lord. Be, be the Lord in every part of our, of our lives. And, uh, we acknowledge, Lord, that uh, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to... Um, Celebrate communion. We're going to remember our Lord Jesus. Uh, this is uh, something we call the Lord's Supper. We we call it communion. Some people will will call it Eucharist, which simply means thanksgiving it's the greek word for for thanks giving thanks you know as as we remember jesus and what he's done for us on the cross shedding his blood giving his body for us for the forgiveness of our sins we we remember him that's what jesus says we're we're to do you know we've we've been saved if if we believed on him and, and received him as our savior and uh you know the, the the meaning of 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 communion goes goes very deep, and over time we're just going to talk about it more and more and more because there are just so many things that we can talk about. But one thing I'd like to uh, focus on this morning is uh, the teaching in the New Testament that says that uh, by believing on Jesus and receiving Him as our Savior, we become part of His body, His 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 presence on earth, so to speak. You know, his hands and feet, uh, when people see us, they should see Jesus. And, uh, you know, our, our, our participation in communion is something that we do together. It signifies our unity as, as a church, not just as, as a local body, a local manifestation of the church, but the church universal. And so communion is, is for all who've received Jesus as their savior. If you're a visitor here today, you're, 
absolutely welcome to to partake. Uh, the Apostle Paul talks about communion, and he he talks about one bread, one loaf, signifying that you know we are one, we are one body. And uh, when he gives his instruction on communion, he in in First uh, Corinthians he he begins a discussion saying, you know, I've I've heard there's divisions among you, and so he he emphasizes the uh, the importance of unity within the body of oneness, being one loaf, being being one. And he he talks about how we should each examine ourselves as we, as we partake in, in communion. That's one of the areas that he, that he talks about. One of the areas we should examine ourselves is as a church, as a member of Christ's body, you know, are we one? Is there anything that I've done in a relationship that has, has broken that relationship perhaps and, and needs to be resolved? You know, this, this, this is a time to do some, some searching. Are, are there unresolved sins of, of any sort? You know, Jesus wants to make things right. We, we're, we're, we're told in, uh, John, one of John's epistles, that if we confess our sins, and he makes it very clear that we all do sin, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is just a time to take a moment. I want, I want to pause and, and just give us all time for, uh, for silent prayer.